0: Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. That's a strikeout. There's a violation. Ron Culpa just rung up Manny Machado. We're on the clock here this year, and that's an automatic strike, and it happens to be strike three. Here comes Bob Melvin. Ron Culp with the crew chief behind the plate. And somebody's been ejected. Looks like Machado. The inning just ended on a pitch timer violation with Manny Machado at the plate, and now it looks like his day may be done. And now Bob Melvin might have to join him. CP three. 16-footer on the way. That's oh, good. Man. Well, he gets that mid-range shot. You can just chalk it up. And he, he's look. He's he's playoff ready right now. That's what this is. All right. Minutes restriction in his return. Here's Schroeder, LeBron. Plenty of time. No time. There's a spin inside of the bucket by the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. And that's gonna do it. It ends so simply. Oh, Rocks into a three. Big rebound, DiVincenzo just batted it back out. Curry three. Got it. You got to stop the basketball, Highland. He wants two threes, too, don't forget. Drive it a kick, so a good look. And Kawhi Leonard, five. Rodomo shows bunt, gets it down. Carpenter can't pick it up. And we're tied. They got him again with a bunt. And it's 5-5. Five to five. It was McCarthy in Los Angeles. It's Perdomo in San Diego. Jose Herrera has walked and singled today. He bats ninth. Bidding for one more. Grisham got a Get late down. break. It'll drop down. Here comes Perdomo. And the Diamondbacks have grabbed the lead. <laughs> The Sacramento Kings are your 2023 Pacific Division champions. As they notch their 48th win of the season against 31 defeats in this groundbreaking year.
1: And Dutch, what a year he's had too.
0: Hurley and the Huskies have their dreams come true. The lob no! will do it. Just the second time ever. A 16 beats a 1. Finding Walker. Walker already stripped by Noel. Ball is loose. Noel! It. dial 602-260-1060 that's 602-260-1060 or tweet the show at KDUSAM am 1060 and now here's your sports zone guide bob kemp on KDUSAM am 1060
1: and welcome to the wednesday april 5th edition of the sports zone not just the news and scores the news and scores with analysis in today's sports zone, right here on KDUSAM ten sixty and KS Lux HD two one hundred point seven. Major League Baseball, are you watching more because of the new pace of play rules? The Suns, which would be the most difficult first round opponent. The Diamondbacks, what stood out during the three and three road trip to LA and San Diego? The Pacific Division champion Sacramento Kings. Are they a postseason threat? Plus, last call for the 2023 NCAA tournament, and also what else caught your eye since our last show. Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday, and moments we we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. At 9.15, 15, round Major League Baseball, Zach Kreiser, baseball editor of Yahoo Sports, scheduled to join us. 9.30, interactive action at 6.02, 260, 1060, that'll include, among other things, some Suns, And uh, Spurs analysis from last night, plus some Diamondbacks and uh, Padres from yesterday afternoon. Then the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup. That'll be topped by the, uh, from the scoreboard, a few baseball things from yesterday and some latest line type of things and whatever else we can jam into that final segment of the hour. Then after the Sports Zone, uh, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include a Masters preview, so stay tuned for that after uh, we get done with this wonderful hour of radio programming all right on to the pipeline we go
0: time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion
1: And we start with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, are you watching more baseball because of the new pace of play rules? And Kayla has the early returns. Yes, out in front, 67% of the vote, no trailing at 33%. The players, with few exceptions, at least until Manny Machado on Tuesday, the players seem to have adjusted to the enforcement of the rules by the umpires. Today's Twitter poll question Who would be the most difficult first round opponents for the Suns, the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Warriors? And once again, Kayla has early returns. Warriors, 81.8% of the vote. Lakers, 18.2%. And Clippers, no love so far. This is over on Twitter at KDUS, AM 1060. All right. All three of those teams are still in contention to be a first round opponent for the Suns. We'll update the standings during that bottom of the hour segment. Uh, when we get to the local roundup and get into a little of the uh, NBA Western Conference. Meanwhile, also on the local front, the Diamondbacks ended the season opening road trip on a high note. Uh, Torrey Lovello's aggressive approach certainly had plenty to do with the 8-6 victory on Tuesday afternoon at San Diego. What stood out during the Diamondbacks' 3-3 road trip to Dodger Stadium and Petco Park to begin this season? Spanning the globe from the NBA scoreboard, Sacramento clinched its first Pacific Division title since 2003 with last night's win at New Orleans. Are the Kings a postseason threat in the Western Conference? Meanwhile, ripped from the headlines, much of the talk on Tuesday was still Connecticut's domination of the NCAA tournament. The average margin of victory was 20 points, all six wins by at least 13 points. Danny Hurley's team... Was a perfect six and zero against the spread, and the Huskies trailed for a total of 55 seconds in the second half of the NCAA tournament. Today is last call for the uh, any NCAA tournament talk. Uh, tournament talk for 2023. So this is uh, today's it, and we're moving on. Starting tomorrow. Also, in addition to all these outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that is today's pipeline. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy, accuracy, and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this.
0: All
1: right, coming up next, Corey will have a news update that'll be followed by around Major League Baseball with Yahoo Sports Baseball editor Zach Kreiser. Bottom of the hour, once again, we'll get to uh, the, uh, the games from yesterday involving the Suns and the Diamondbacks and uh, you know, a few other things involving the Western Conference you know, playoff race. And it's, you know, that some teams are racing to the finish line. The Suns have the longest winning streak in the NBA right now. Uh, and uh, Some other teams stumbling to the finish line. But, well, I'll give you the latest as far as the, uh, the glob of teams. Uh, in the uh you know, so-called playoff positioning in the western conference i wouldn't call it a race because a race is usually something that is you know kind of uh you know usually it's connected with you know swiftness or some kind of pace or whatever it's more of a uh, team's floundering to the finish line in a lot of these western conference scenarios you're listening to SportsZone with 5 Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KIS Lux HD 2100.7. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude.
0: Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is male, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Lux HD2 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. We are less than one full week into the Major League Baseball season marathon. How have the uh, rules changes made the sport different, and are the uh, changes good? Uh, for that and more baseball, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sportsman by Zach Kreiser, baseball editor at Yahoo Sports. And Zach, always good to have you on. Let's start with some rules. Let's start with the pitch clock specifically, uh, which seemed to be met with that uh, with actually little resistance until Manny Machado uh, was ejected on Tuesday during a uh, hitter's violation by home plate umpire Ron Culpa. Culpa, by the way, that was in the first inning, but he had an interesting day behind the plate, uh, with uh, many players and managers and dugouts complaining. There's only two dugouts, but they were both complaining during the Diamondbacks' went over the Padres. Back to the rules thing: are uh, are the new rules an advantage for the more of an advantage for the hitters or the pitchers? Do you yeah. think, or more of a you know adjustment for them?
2: Yeah, uh, that uh, that Manny Machado ejection was interesting. I I probably would have taken uh, the under on how long it took for someone to get ejected arguing a pitch timer thing. So, honestly, impressive we made it this long. Uh, I I, I thought that that was honestly mostly even because he was saying he thought he called timeout more than any explicit frustration with the the rules. But, yes, I, I think it's been pretty seamless, right? Everyone seems pretty happy that the pace is up. Uh, it, it seems like everyone's pretty happy with the pitch timer, which is kind of how I thought it would play out. I don't think anyone's been overly affected so far. I think it's a little hard to gauge the pitcher versus hitter uh, balance at the moment. The one thing I'm, I'd am i be watching is, uh, and this is something I plan to run some data on and test once we have some more games in the books, is just whether it's affecting pitcher stamina. Uh, We've seen some older pitchers lose velocity as the game goes on. Uh, Carlos Carrasco had this happening for the Mets the other night. But, obviously, pitchers just have injury issues or stamina issues every year. It's not necessarily uh, a result of that. So I want to get some some better sample to see if that's a thing that's happening to a lot of pitchers or if it's just a one-off or two-off case. But th- that's the one thing I'd still be looking at. Otherwise, the, the numbers look fairly similar to uh, the stats we've been seeing uh, the past few years. The, the only differences you can see are the, the shift restrictions, not the pitch timer, but the shift restrictions seem to have uh, increased the number of singles in play. And uh, the pickoff rules combined with the bigger bases seem to have uh, spiked stolen bases a little, which is, is pretty fun.
1: Yeah, I will get to both of those things specifically here momentarily. One thing that I think is, we're just not used to it yet, but there's been some confusion to you know announcers, you know fans, etc., as uh, what the actual violations are. You know, the hitter violation or the pitcher violation, the catcher violation, uh, and I heard it mentioned on uh, during a broadcast on Tuesday that the umpire needs to announce it to the crowd. But if they did that to some extent, wouldn't that kind of uh, defeat the purpose of increasing the pace of play?
2: Yes, I don't think we need a full NFL-style referee explanation for every violation. I think there's a couple things that could do it. There's, you know, broadcasts are still working on how to display the pitch timer, I think, and part of the confusion with some of them is uh, the broadcasts are, by and large, only showing the pitch timer prominently when it's running down, and that kind of ignores the part where the the hitter violation happens at eight seconds. So that being on the screen, at least at the beginning, I think would help a little bit. And, you know, a lot of baseball calls, we are used to the umpire having a very particular motion that he does whenever the, the event happens, whether it's a strike pointing to the side or an out with the closed fist. There, there probably just needs to be a more comprehensive and universal language for the pitch timer violation because uh, I think there's the, uh, the clock motion, you know, as if he's uh, motioning to his wrist when there's a violation, but there's no uh, designation for who the violation is on. So they probably need to develop a little bit more of an emphatic way for that to be communicated. Definitely that would be preferable to uh, stopping and explaining it verbally.
1: Meanwhile, you mentioned the stolen bases. Uh, they're certainly up. Pitchers limited in throwing to first base. Uh, you know, their you, know, tr- you know times to do that have been obviously reduced greatly. Uh, will the increase in stolen bases maybe decline once the pitchers and catchers, managers, bench coaches, whomever, come up with more of a maybe a standard plan to slow down the running game? Yeah, I think
2: the initial spike will probably flatten out a little bit i i think the conditions especially uh when you combine the fact that more people are going to be standing on first base, having gotten a single uh i think that is going to increase the opportunities for stolen bases and the reason to do it because scoring from second on a single is very possible and there are more singles so i think The conditions all add up to more stolen bases. Do I think it will stay at this level? Probably not, but I'll be interested to see how it plays out because I think there was some skepticism when I was in some spring training camps. There was skepticism that stolen bases would actually go up. So I think we've seen some hitters go right in and buy the idea and say, I'm going to steal more because it's going to be easier. And the success rate is way up, too. So I think you'll probably actually see more attempts for a little while as more guys see that, oh, this is actually a little bit easier. I should take the base. And then you will see pitchers, you know, pitchers who've never had to develop a slide step will probably figure one out. Catchers who have been maybe sitting on one knee uh, for framing purposes, might adjust and get in a better throwing position, so I think you'll see more attempts and a slightly lower uh, success rate, and it'll level out so that we are at like 2012 levels of stolen bases instead of the really low levels we've been at.
1: Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Curly in the Sports Zone. Okay, the shift rules. I saw Kyle Schwarber last night get a line, hit a line drive to right field for a hit. That would have been an out and a routine out, most likely in recent seasons. So how much of the shift rules changed the game? And once again, I know we're into the short sample size and so forth, but, you know, know, Schwarber has got to be amongst the leaders that had hits taken away from him in recent years.
2: Yeah, I think Corey Seager, Kyle Schwarber, that type of hitter who uh, does Anthony Rizzo, who who hit a lot of those line drives to the pole side over the infield. You know, I think what you're seeing is the – the rule says that there have to be two fielders on each side of second base, but it also says they have to be in front of the grass. They have to be on the dirt. And I think that part of that being on the dirt is maybe the most significant thing because it it takes away their ability to put that second baseman deep in the hole. Uh, the only way you can counter it is, like the Royals actually did once for Joey Gallo, and take your left fielder and put him in that spot and play with two outfielders, basically. Mm. Uh, I don't think many hitters are going to see that. I think it's going to be pretty much a Joey Gallo situation or maybe in some extreme situations for other hitters. So, really, that's the type of hit that is going to be a hit now. I think people who wanted to see, you know, the up-the-middle hit return, we've already seen that's really not happening. The the second baseman and or shortstop can still play pretty much an inch to the side of second base and take away that up-to-middle ground ball. So, you you know, there are more singles. There have been more singles. The Babbitt uh, batting average on balls in play across the league has gone up a little bit, and I think that's going to be kind of it. You know, I, it's not a huge change, but it, it helped some of those full hitters who were hitting what appeared to be obvious line drive singles they will get the singles out of it for the most part now where they weren't before. And it creates a more traditional, you know, if the ball is uh, scalded in the hole, now it really requires an athletic play from an infielder to get to it where uh, sometimes it didn't before.
1: Okay, I heard a juice ball theory out there mentioned yesterday. There's been, you know last 24 to 48 hours, quite a few home runs. Uh, Have we seen enough to wonder if the baseball has actually changed? The baseball itself has changed since last season.
2: Well, it's interesting. So, uh, you know, I think there was very good reason to be skeptical about MLB's handling of the baseball for the past, oh, I don't know, six years or so. Uh, The, the league has now set up a uh, drag dashboard on Baseball Savant, which is the uh, kind of clearinghouse for Statcast metrics. So you can actually look at daily drag measurements, which is the, the thing that really makes the ball fly. It's a, a measurement of how the ball flies. And last year was the least homer-friendly year since 2016 uh, by drag. And the previous years, you know, 2021 had been – a more moderate home run year, 2019 and 2017 were the big years where the ball was flying so out of this world that the home runs felt almost like a gimmick. Uh, So we actually have drag readings for every day of the season so far. And uh, right now the drag readings are in the realm of 2021, not in 2019 territory. Uh, The most extreme day was, uh, Close to 2017, but, you know, not even in 2017 territory. So you're really looking at possibly a return to 2021, but it's it's hard to say too much so far because there have been so few days. But I, I think it is uh, prudent to be looking at this drag dashboard and seeing if the batch of baseballs that is in play right now might be a little more homer friendly than we saw in 2020.
1: Okay, so we're less than a full weekend into the season. Uh, do we know yet whether the more casual fan is watching more baseball because of the uh, you know, pace of play changes?
2: I certainly don't think we know if it's because of pace of play changes. Uh, I, I saw some reports that viewership for the uh, opening day games and the national game on opening day were, were up significantly, and, and that seems like a start. I think really baseball has to you know let this play out and let it be a word of mouth thing of hey the the games are only two and a half hours ish now it's a, a lot easier to make that commitment it's a a lot faster paced experience there's there's less dawdling there's less adjusting your batting gloves will that produce uh, immediate viewership numbers I'm not really sure I, I think in the grand scheme, the time of game and the pace of play is more of a a barrier that's down. It's not an invitation to people. It is more of a reason that they might have stopped before and now they won't be stopped there. I think the greater invitation might be the increasing batting average and the stolen bases. You know, this is a year that could produce I think it's unlikely it produces a uh, really, really high stolen base total season from someone, but maybe Ronald Acuna Jr. goes after 40-40 and creates uh, a big national story that way. Maybe uh, Aaron Judge goes after a a record again and creates a tension that then translates into people realizing the entire rest of the game has shifted a little bit. Uh, I think that's more of what it is. It is not an inducement in and of itself that the games are faster but it might be a barrier that is down now
1: going around major league baseball zach kreiser from yahoo okay on to some uh, i guess annual baseball questions and certainly small sample size Uh, but uh, are there some couple of teams that have caught your eye so far in a positive way
2: sure i mean i think Uh, We got to start with the Tampa Bay Rays, who are undefeated. Uh, That's a, uh, you know, and it's in classic Rays fashion. They are getting ridiculous pitching performances from some guys that a lot of people have never heard of. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, Drew Rasmussen, and, uh, you know, Shane McClanahan started the All-Star Game, but he was also very, very good in his first go-round. I think the, the question for the Rays is, can they get a full season out of Wander Franco healthy? And if he really takes off like the star prospect he was supposed to be, he was, and, uh, you know, if he can have a full major league season playing as he has so far, I think the Rays are going to be more of a factor in the AL East than maybe people uh, thought coming in, not because of these five games, but just because we've seen the reminder of, oh, okay, if this team is getting Wander Franco at full health and has this pitching, maybe they're a little more exciting than we give them credit for because they are, Uh, kind of stuck in a smaller market with a smaller fan base. So I I, I think the Rays have been impressive. I think the the Orioles have not necessarily convinced me they're going to contend, but they have been particularly adept at exploiting new rules. Uh, Cedric Mullins and Jorge Mateo have both been running constantly. They are very fast. They've gotten on base so far, and they have taken advantage of it. I think that's an interesting... Element to add to what was already going to be a better team just by virtue of having star catcher Adley Rutschman and top prospect third baseman Gunnar Henderson up for the full season. So I think the fact that they're leveraging the rules is uh, a really interesting development. And then I'll I'll mention that you know the Dodgers don't have uh, the same level of stardom that they had. They kind of sat out the off season, but. Early on, they are getting contributions from young players that weren't, you know, superstar prospects, but were, you know, promising young players. We've seen Miguel Vargas and James Altman on base pretty much constantly, and uh, I I think, you know, they're going to be formidable once again, even if they didn't make a big splash this winter.
1: Okay, so opposite side of that, after six days, are there some teams that might not be as good as predicted? I know it's you know it's one less than one week, but uh, there are a couple teams that kind of look like they maybe didn't really have much spring training at this point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the obvious one that uh, has struggled out of the gate is the Philadelphia Phillies. They are having some issues with depth and injuries. Uh, Bryce Harper, we knew, was going to be out for a little while after having uh, elbow surgery uh, last year. And they also missed Ranger Suarez, the uh, typical kind of mid-rotation starter. He went out right at the end of spring training, and they've had to shuffle their pitching staff. And it did not go great in the first uh, series against Texas. They got shelled in their first game against the Yankees, but finally won a game last night. So they've put themselves in a bit of a hole. If you're you're going to be a playoff contender, it's not that five games matters, but going 0-5 is just a pretty big uh, hole to get out of. Uh, The other team that I would say has some flaws exposed that we maybe saw coming, the the Cardinals are having – they do not have a pitching staff that you can trust. They have a lineup that is excellent. You know, they have superstars in Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldsmith. They have a lot of really interesting young players who are hitting, and George Walker, and on down the line, the more established guys like Brendan Donovan and Lars Newtbar. But Jack Flaherty probably had their best start of the season, and that involves walking, like, eight guys, even though he, uh, you know, managed to go keep the game under control and get the win. So I think they have some questions to answer on the pitching front. And the way Milwaukee has played so far, you know, Milwaukee's basically the opposite. They're all pitching no bats by the projections, but they've been hitting so far. So the Cardinals probably need to get some, get some pitching in line to fully contend.
1: Zach, appreciate it as always. Thanks much. I'm sure we'll be checking back frequently through the season. Thank you. Zach Kreiser. Baseball, Yahoo Sports, excellent stuff there. And uh, covered, uh, obviously, the pace of play and the changes and the rules and uh, some of the usual standard questions we have, like, less than one week into the season. All right, next segment is phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to today's local roundup in the next segment that will include... Uh, Some uh, Suns from last night against the Spurs, and also some Diamondbacks yesterday afternoon against the Padres. Uh, There was news regarding the Cardinals yesterday. Also, some speculation regarding the Cardinals yesterday, which is more of an on-the-field personnel thing. But I'll explain all that when we come back. And uh, also, if you're just tuning in, poll questions today. The first one had to do with what we just talked about. Uh, the .com poll question today, kdus1060.com, uh, are you watching more baseball because of the new pace of play rules? And also today's Twitter poll question, who would be the most difficult first-round opponent for the Suns, the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Warriors? 602-260-1060 it is general discussion. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2100.7. Teams Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and
0: local sports talk to you Monday night, starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS
1: 1060 app.
0: It's time for today's local roundup.
1: Welcome back to the zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, which we'll get to in a couple of moment, moments, it is phone call time, 602. 602- 260-1060 to the KU, KDUS hotline, so get in right now if you'd like. General discussion, as I mentioned, 602-260-1060. Uh, let's get to some local roundup items here. There was possible disturbing news. I don't know if Cardinals, uh, the news is the correct term or not, but uh, stuff out there. That's a better term. Uh, regarding the Cardinals on Tuesday, Terry McDonough, a former executive with the Cardinals, accused uh, team owner Michael Bidwell of cheating as well as discrimination and harassment. That's according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. McDonough filed a claim, an arbitration claim, uh, to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell on Tuesday. McDonough has reportedly alleged that he and former Cardinals coach Steve Wilkes were forced by Bidwell to use some scam, uh, some burner phones to communicate with former General Manager Steve Kime during the 2018 season. That was when Kime was serving a five-week suspension following his DUI situation in Arizona. Meanwhile, Jim McCarthy, an external uh, public relations advisor to the Cardinals, released a statement on behalf of the team that uh, that stated that McDonough's allegations were quote, totally, uh, totally false, reckless, and an opportunistic ploy uh, for financial gain, end of quote. Also of note, uh, more quotes uh, from the cardinal side of things. McDonough shouting and uh, physically menacing towards uh, team owner Michael Bidwell uh, because Bidwell wanted to be included in team personnel's decisions during Kimes' suspension. In addition, the uh, statement said that McDonough issued threats of violence uh, toward a coworker during a team Christmas party. And there's a few other things in here, too, but those are the things that seem to kind of uh, highlight the, I guess, he said, he he said, he said type of thing here in the last 24 hours. Meanwhile, there's also some Cardinals on-field speculation, according to Albert Breer. Some in the NFL feel that the Cardinals could just cut DeAndre Hopkins. Breer wrote, among other things, that some teams think the Cardinals are going to cut him. Uh, They uh, think the Cardinals will wind up cutting him because the market is not great right now. There's uh, nobody who is willing to take on Hopkins' contract and pay the Cardinals' initial asking price as far as a trade goes. Meanwhile, the Suns have officially avoided the play-in round with last night's victory against the lowly Spurs. The Suns 19-point favorites last night because the Spurs... Left a lot of their team in San Antonio. They weren't here. Uh, they're not good when they are actually intact. Uh, the Suns win last night as the 19-point favorite, 115 to 94. Chris Paul continued his recent excellent play, and six players scored in double figures. Suns now 44 and 35 in the season, fourth in the West, three games ahead of the uh, in the loss column of the Warriors, Clippers, and the Lakers. The Suns also. Uh, have three more games remaining in the regular season. Thursday night at home against the Nuggets, Friday night at L.A. against the Lakers, and Sunday at home against the Clippers. Last night, Paul scored 18 points in the first half on seven of eight shooting, including four out of five from behind the arc. The Suns led an intermission 69-41 to last night. The uh, Spurs did make a run uh, in the uh, third quarter. They cut the lead to single digits, but then the Suns went on a 14-2 run, to end the third quarter and they led 97 to 76 at the end of the third quarter once again as far as the standings go you know the top three seeds are you know pretty much sealed in now with denver the the grizzlies and also the kings not quite sealed in for the nuggets i don't believe they have clinched that they have not clinched the number one overall seed yet they're two games ahead of the grizzlies the uh, nuggets uh Continuing to stumble here down the stretch, and they had most of their dudes, if not all their dudes, back in the game last night that they lost. But uh, the Sun's sitting at 35 losses at this point. Uh, the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers all at 38 losses. Uh, ninth place would be the Pelicans at 39 losses. 40 losses would be the uh, excuse me, eighth place for the Pelicans. Ninth place would be the, the Timberwolves with 40 losses and then it's kind of out of sight, out of mind for the most part uh, with the rest of the group here. Uh, The Thunder, which have now lost three straight in six of their last ten games. After a hot stretch, they're down to 42 losses. The Mavericks, who are pretty much done, they've lost seven out of ten, and they've lost three in a row. They also have 42 losses. And the Jazz, uh, who lost in overtime last night to the Lakers, sitting uh, with, you know, they also have lost seven out of ten. So a lot of these teams are just staggering and stumbling down the stretch here. The Jags not, Jazz not just seven out of ten games that they've lost. They've also lost three straight games. All right, the Diamondbacks. You know, they uh, should feel good about splitting their six-game road trip to begin the season to Southern California to begin the year. And uh, the Diamondbacks on Tuesday, they rallied from down 5-1 after uh, just five innings. They scored three runs in the sixth. They had four more in the eighth. That's an inning in which Torrey Lavello's team, an aggressive team, and some aggressiveness by the manager here also, they stole four bases in that eighth inning on Tuesday afternoon when they scored the four runs uh, against the uh, very inept defensively uh, San Diego Padres. They've got some serious issues in the corner, outfield spots and at first base right now defensively. Meanwhile, the bullpen the, for the Diamondbacks, without you know, most of its top arms, because pretty much everybody had pitched two consecutive days, they allowed one run over the final three innings. They had a shutout seventh inning from Kevin Dinkle, uh, Kevin Ginkle, and then they also had a uh, they allowed one run in two innings from Dre, Dre Jamison, who actually got the last six outs for his first save of the season. At the plate, the Diamondbacks, they had only drawn two walks in the first five games. They walked seven times on Tuesday, four of those against Hugh Darvish, who was making his first start of the season for the Padres. Also, uh, Arizona scored uh, just one run in those five walks and five innings off of Darvish, but uh, they had seven, seven runs off the uh, shaky Padres bullpen and what turned out to be an 8-6 to six victory Starting pitcher Zach Gallon allowed four earned runs. Some not good defense contributed to some of that. Catal Marte has just been not good at second base defensively. He wasn't good at second base defensively last year either. Uh, Gallon made it through six innings, and that was a, really significant because, as I mentioned, you know they had some relievers that were unavailable because they had pitched on Saturday, excuse me, Sunday and Monday. Meanwhile, today the Diamondbacks have today off before they begin the home season on Thursday night with the first of a four game series against the Dodgers. The Dodgers are now four and two. They held on in the ninth inning last night. They've got some bullpen issues also. Uh, they held on to beat the Rockies last night for a second consecutive night at Dodger Stadium. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's Sports Zone. Uh, the National Roundup, top by the latest line. Also, don't forget uh, the Extra Point, of course, from 10 to noon, hosted by Kayla. That'll include a Masters preview, so stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll get to, I'm sure, many other sports topics. Uh, so all that's still upcoming in the uh, three-hour radio block from today, which started at 9 o'clock and goes through noon. Our, uh, as far as our kind of our, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday programming. You're listening to The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7.
0: nation radio is now sports map radio keeping sports content fresh and fun join us right here on kdus am 1060 it's time for today's national
1: roundup welcome back final segment today's sports zone with bob kemp on kdus am 1060 and KSLUX hd2 100.7 tonight in the nba let's uh, center on some western conference matchups and uh, and uh, the aforementioned Memphis Grizzlies, who are still alive to be the number one seed in the Western Conference, at New Orleans against the uh, recently fading Pelicans, and the Pelicans a five-point favorite tonight at home against Memphis. Told that game 229 and a half. Also tonight's uh, staying in the Western Conference, Sacramento, which clinched uh, the Pacific Division title yesterday, last night with a win at uh, New Orleans. Uh, to Sacramento on the road tonight at Dallas, and Dallas uh, still in there. I and mean, uh, last I heard, they were considering the not playing Luca and Kyrie Irving for the rest of the season. But right now, last I looked, and that's right now. I'm looking. Dallas is six-point consensus favorite worldwide against Sacramento tonight. Sacramento clinched last night. I don't know if this is the case in basketball. Uh, but it certainly is the case. A lot of times in baseball, when a team clinches in the month of September a playoff berth, a lot of times they don't play their dudes the next day. So we'll see what happens with Sacramento playing anybody. But uh, Dallas is a six-point favorite tonight against Sacramento. Total in that game two forty-one and a half. And the Lakers, who blew uh, the Lakers, blew a ten-point lead and basically I think it was a minute and ten to go in regulation last night at Utah. Then they won the game in overtime. Tonight, they're uh, facing the Clippers. It's a Clippers home game, and uh, the Clippers are four-and-a-half point favorite in that game tonight with a total of 231-and-a-half. I know there's been speculation that Anthony Davis may not play because it's the second half of the back-to-back, and he did play 40-plus minutes last night. Meanwhile, to some baseball from yesterday, the Rays are 5-0 and zero in the season. You heard Zach Kreiser from Yahoo talk about them earlier in the hour. Uh, albeit, this uh, start is against the Tigers, who have gone on to win two straight games at Houston, and uh, the Nationals, and uh, two teams that are not considered particularly good, especially offensively. Last, uh, last night for the Rays, was, uh, Luke Rayleigh. Uh, you know Josh, Lau, Josh Lowe Josh Low, excuse me, and also Yandy Diaz, all homered in the ninth inning, as the uh, the, the uh, Rays continued their undefeated stretch to begin the season. Jose Siri had another home run uh, earlier in the game, and Randy Arena had two RBI doubles, as they're now five and zero. There, it's a second best start in uh, team history uh, for the Rays. They were seven and zero in 2016. Meanwhile, the Phillies are not going to go winless in 2023. Kyle Schwarber hit his 200th career home run and then added an RBI single with no shift in the outfield now. It would have been an out, in, uh, most likely an out in recent years. But uh, the Phillies became the last team in the major leagues to get a win this season when they beat the Yankees last night at Yankee Stadium 4-1. to and uh that avoided uh, the Phillies avoided their worst start since nineteen thirty-four with that victory. Uh the uh again, champions had one home run. They've been outscored 37 to 12 during the 0-and-4 start. And uh as I mentioned, uh they were on the verge of uh becoming the, the worst start to a season through seven games since nineteen thirty-four. And as I mentioned yesterday, not even I, contrary to popular belief, not even I was alive in 1934. Meanwhile, the Brewers blasted the Mets for a second straight day, including on Tuesday when they went back to back to back uh, with home runs off of Max Scherzer. It was Rowdy Talez and Brian Anderson and also Garrett Mitchell. They had consecutive home runs off Scherzer in the sixth inning. Wade Miley, former Diamondback, is 100th career victory as the Brewers defeated the Mets last night 9-0. Meanwhile, Anderson and Mitchell became the first teammates to hit back-to-back home runs in consecutive innings since Javi Lopez and Andrew Jones did it for the Braves back in uh, June 13th of 1998. That was against the Montreal Expos. All right, some other quick things here, ripped from the headlines. From college basketball... Purdue's center, Zach Eady, named the winner of the Wooden Award on Tuesday. He would already claimed the Associated Press, Sporting News, USBA, that's the United States Basketball Writers Association, Naismith Award, he got all those. And what good did that do? You know, they went on and uh, you know, lost in the first round of the tournament as the number one seed, the number six seed, number 16 seed, Fairly Dickinson. Once again, yet another example of why Individual awards and team sports, especially if they're voted before the playoffs or the season actually ends, it's just a stupid idea. Meanwhile, college basketball also, Indiana basketball center Trace Jackson Davis has declared for the NBA draft. He obviously has a spectacular season for IU this past year. And this is saying something because IU's had some really good players for a really long time. Uh, Jackson Davis finishes his college career as IU's third all-time leading scorer behind only Calbert Cheney and Steve Alford. So like I said, that is definitely saying something. One other baseball note, the Braves play starting pitcher Max Freed with the hamstring injury on the injured list. He was injured covering first base in the season opener last Thursday against the Washington Nationals. This is not expected to be. More than uh, your standard you know, on the, on the injured list uh, you know, stint, uh, he's not going to be at least the last report. I don't think anything's changed in the last 24 hours. Not expected to be out for a, quote, really extended period of time, end of quote. All right, stay tuned. The next two hours, it's The Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That'll include a master's preview and also more phone call time if you want to contribute. 602 260 1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks very much for listening.